1: What is going on ladies and gentlemen it's your boy jay Spencer king and this is the buffalo rumbling vidcast and podcast network and we're coming to you this morning with some breaking news with some fun news uh i think it's going to be some very uh i think polarizing news is probably the best way to put it you're going to have two sides to this third and cole mr cole beasley himself is back in buffalo back in western new york he signed today with the practice squad and um we just wanted to jump on really quickly get some reactions to this i have uh my man thomas de with me he is the host of buffalo late night and also of the post-game buffalo rumbling show and then we have sarah larson she's one half of the three-man rush show and got a bunch of other stuff that she's working on too she's gonna be everywhere so uh i think we're gonna have some more buffalo rumblings people jump on and talk about this but first let's get sarah's uh initial reaction then we'll get thomas's and and let's let's get it
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't want any distractions. I'm, I'm looking forward to Beasley being back. The team wants him back. I I think Josh really wants him back. And I think that that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, We don't really have any confidence in the slot and he's going to give us that confidence. I think back. Um, My biggest concern is, you know, him creating that distraction and the, the comments and the, um, you know, the, I, I don't have any problems with his political views or anything like that. I never did. Uh, I just didn't like his comments towards the organization as, as a whole um, when he left. So that was my biggest uh, concern. but um, obviously the team doesn't have the concern and he's talked it out with Bean and we' you know if, if they're all good now, then I, I'm exactly I'm you know extremely excited to see him back.
1: My man Rick Allen in the comments says he loves it. Exactly what the offense is missing. Now, someone tell Cole that when the crowd is yelling bees, they are not booing. Uh, we got Roy Collins saying it can't hurt. He guesses. And my man Matt says, awesome, Cole Beasley. Let's go, Bills. Thomas, what do you think, man? What, what was your initial reaction when you heard it or read the news come across? Uh, however, you got it.
2: Well, I mean, thanks to for you, to be honest with you, you kind of clued us all in on that Uh, That person who apparently saw him at the airport. Well, talk about the first time we've ever had somebody actually get it right that somebody was flying into Buffalo is kind of like that breaking news. But uh, here's the thing. Cole Beasley over two years had 183 receptions. That's a lot of receptions that you have to replicate in, in a vacuum. And the problem was, I think we all thought that maybe that McKenzie could do that. And we found out quickly that he just couldn't. And I think Bruce Nolan put it perfectly that... McKenzie is the maraschino cherry of the Bills offense. He's not an entree. He's not, you know, he's not that main dish that you're going to wrap your whole offense around. He's, he's just kind of the, the garnish, you know, and that's fine. That's fine if that's what he is. But you can't expect him to be Cole Beasley, and I think that was the issue. By the way, I apologize if I'm kind of panting. I'm walking too. Um, so I think in totality, I think the move, I don't really care about the off-the-field stuff. Was it annoying? For sure because obviously we want this team to go on and really do big things and having any type of distraction is tough. But I think at this point right now, we are this close at 10-3. and We're a better position than we were a couple of years ago. And, you know, I I like what Jeremy and uh, Sneaky Joe just said. You're getting him without any of the full season wear and tear, which really was a big issue for Cole Beasley at this point. So now you're going to have him for the most important stretch where, to be honest with you, we've said it before, Josh was at his best when Cole Beasley was on this team. Now you're getting Cole Beasley at the most important point in the season where Josh can now, I I think, get back to that comfortable style of football that he likes to play.
1: Okay. And uh, so real quick, I want to welcome to the – I I don't even want to call it a show, but I want to welcome to the breaking news broadcast my man uh, Big Newt. He is the co-host of the Jamie D. and Big Newt Show podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. What is going on, Big Newt?
3: How you doing, man? Good morning, man. I was about to—you motivated me, man. I was about to head to the gym and try to burn some calories like (laughs) you this morning.
1: (laughs) Well, good. Sarah said the same thing. She's like, "You're embarrassing me, man." I got to get this going. I know that's right. So, but let me ask you, man. What was your reaction to the Cole Beasley signing? I I feel like it's very polarizing. Like, I feel like on one side, um, you have fans who really care about football and and that's all they care about then on the other side you have a portion of the fan base that has um you know they, they have feelings about his political views about um a lot of the things that he's tweeted out and said about the city of buffalo or about the team uh so so where do you stand when it comes to this signing and, and how do you see this as a positive or negative going forward now that we're
3: we're really in the stretch at this point i can't even say going down the stretch Well, more than anything, before we get to the Beasley situation, I think it's more indicative of the situation um, with uh, Odell Beckham. All right. You see, I'm sorry, I I came in a little late. I apologize. I'm a few minutes behind. You might already touched on this. That Odell visited Dallas and us and I think the Giants. Well, the Dallas Cowboys signed T.Y. Hilton. All right. And then we're bringing back Beasley. So I think it's more indicative of that situation that he's probably not prepared uh to play like people thought he would be for the stretch run or the playoffs. So now everybody's going to their backup pass. So everybody's going to, you know, what can we do to try to improve our receiver core down the stretch? I just look at it like we're kicking the tires on him. If he got anything left in the tank, great. That'll help us. If not, then oh well. You know what I'm saying? Um I felt that way with John Brown too. You know, it's, uh, it feels a little better with John Brown. Um, I know Beasley is very political. Like you said, a polarizing figure in Buffalo. Uh, but if he can help us win some games, you know what I'm saying? Cause McKenzie, he got the droppies. I mean, let's admit it. That's my guy. He's fast, very athletic, but he's dropping too many passes. And so, um, also, you know, that uh, we got the text similar that, uh, Josh Allen, he, he, you know, he wanted this to happen. So whatever's going to help our pass the game, whatever's going to help the locker room, I'm all for. I'm really blind to it. I mean, he it's very rarely that guy get cut two or three times and come and make an impact. I mean, let's just be honest with you. So I just look at it like we're kicking the tires. I don't have a problem with his political views. Everybody has an opinion. That's great. Um, and if he can help us, wonderful. I just think this is a uh, low cost, low risk, so why not?
1: Yeah, and I, I hear everything you're saying. On the one part, I want to agree with you and kind of go a little bit deeper. Me, uh Joe Miller, and John Fina, and and uh we have this group chat, and we were talking about it this morning. I don't want to leave Big O out. Jerry was in there as well. And one of the things that was mentioned in there is that like you mentioned, Josh Allen wants this. So I think now what Buffalo Bills fans can also kind of look at, we're we're entering into the phase where now Josh Allen is, he's a superstar on the level of, like, if you watch the NBA at all, LeBron James signs who he wants to sign with the Lakers, right. or wherever he goes. Uh, you know, when Tom Brady signed down in Tampa Bay, he's like, no, I want Antonio Brown. Nobody wanted Antonio Brown. Right. He said, I want Antonio Brown. We're going to sign him. Now mm-hmm. you have Josh Allen where, um, look, Let's be real. Like you mentioned, uh, and I think Sarah kind of alluded to this also. You you look at the relationship, how it's severed between Cole Beasley and how it's in in the Buffalo Bills organization and even somewhat to the fan base. Josh Allen said, man, forget all of that. I want Cole Beasley back right now. Now, if it's going to work, who knows? Um, I personally don't think that he lost a step. I think it was it was the relationship part of it last year and then when he went down to Tampa I mean he didn't he didn't he wasn't there for any part of the the offseason he wasn't a valued member of the offense at that point you figure you're at that point Cole Beasley was the probably the sixth option down there in Tampa Bay you know you're behind Mike Evans you're behind you know Godwin and like they have a roster down there where you know it's tough to crack the top three receiver core right now in Buffalo behind Diggs there is absolutely a need for um you know, short situations or really just any type of production out of the slot. So I think it goes a long way to, to, to look at this and say, okay, Josh Allen at this point is calling some shots. Now it's not just now about the great mind of brain Bean. It's not just right. about the great coaching of, of Sean McDermott. Now we have a quarterback that has proven himself enough within the organization to say, well, this is what I want. So go get it. I, I think that speaks volumes of who our quarterback is. Uh, I want to swing this back to Sarah real quick. Um, you you made mention earlier about how, you know, you don't want any distractions or you just don't want any issues necessarily in the locker room. Joe in the comments, um, and I, I think I think a couple of us who, who know certain players and get to talk to certain people. Um, he says that he has it on good authority that the wide receiver room loves Beasley. I'll take it a step further and say that the team loves Beasley. Um, he doesn't think he's going to be a distraction to the team. And Josh asked for this move to be made. So when you say distractions, are you just talking about off field media stuff or are you talking about locker room breakdown? Like what, what what are you yeah. referring to when you mention?
0: Yeah. I mean, both uh, realistically, but you know, it has been well covered that the team loved him and, you know, the wide receiver, you know, group loved him. I know McKenzie and him were very, were very close and they both, you know, McKenzie had made multiple mentions. The only reason why he finally went and got the, the vaccine was because of the, the penalty he got and that they both got at the same time. I think that at this point in time, it's just, it's towards the end of the year. But I think that bringing him in is probably less of a distraction in the locker room than it would have been bringing Odell in um, as much as I wanted Odell to, to be a bill, just getting him acclimated would have been a distraction. I don't think getting Beasley, you know, acclimated to the to his surroundings is going to be difficult at all. Cause he, he just left, you know, so I think it'll be easy. He already knows the offense. Um, I, there might be a, you know, a couple of things you know, changed up with, uh, you know, with Dorsey at the home now, but, I don't think it'll be hard to get him out in the field just like, you know, we we brought Smoke back, you know, and 3 days later he was out there. He was probably out there more as a, as a decoy, but he was still out on the field. So, you know, I I just I think the fan base is going to react to this differently than the team itself, and they supposedly asked the team, is there any is there any objections to this and no one objected. If the wide receiver room is not objecting to bringing another receiver in, then, you know, it's it's definitely not a bad thing because this is going to take away playing time from somebody.
1: Well, I mean, if you want my opinion, I, I'm glad it's taking away playing time from certain people like McKenzie. That's just me. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, he has, he
0: been, he's he's been had moments. Few, he's, he's been decent the last few weeks.
2: And, and Sarah, yes. you know what actually shuts up fans when they're complaining is winning. So it doesn't yes. matter what happens. As long as we're winning and Cole Beasley produces, those fans will pipe down real quick. Oh,
1: for sure. For sure. And, and
3: Newt, it looked like you had something to say real quick. Yeah, I just wanted wanted to piggyback off that real quick. And as far as being a distraction's concerned, hey, once you out the league and people don't want you, you come back, it's going to be a piece of humble pie that's going to be down your throat. So you ain't got to worry about him saying anything that's going to tiptoe on the line. Just ask Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown (laughs) should have been walking the straight line, and he got to talking. Now he at home dealing with all kind of other stuff. So, um, and another example is probably Carmelo Anthony. Remember when Carmelo Anthony was like, come off the bench. I ain't coming off the bench. And then he was out to leave for a little while, and you ain't heard anything from him since. So I think it's going to be kind of like that with Cole Beasley. We don't have to worry about anything coming from his camp. Now, how the fans receiver him might be something different, but as far as he's concerned, I think he's going to walk straight and narrow after sitting at home for a while, not getting any checks
0: it'll just depend on who starts poking the bear a little bit cuz our fan base you know like we were all, we've all been saying it's going to be split 50-50 you're going to have the 50% that is going to go after him and it it's it'll be surprising whether or not uh he uh, he pulls the trigger on some of those uh those comments so we'll see I
1: just don't get in and I'll, I'll I'm going to present this comment and then turn it into a question in a certain way but um i don't get why we give certain people energy for certain things and not other people the same energy for worse things for instance i'm going to give a couple examples and then i'll throw out the question you look at brett Favre taking money from you know Really the poorest people in his state to build a facility for his daughter's college and nobody like, yeah, we had a couple days of tweets and then it seemed like it went away. Meanwhile, Deion Sanders is getting crucified for taking another job. Then you look at Cleveland they trade away 50 billion first round picks and they give this guy $8 million guaranteed. Now, I'm, I'm obviously exaggerating here with the numbers, but they they paid this guy a fully guaranteed contract. And I mean, he's getting it. He's getting the attitude, but it, by no means was he blackballed from the league or by no means was he, uh, you know, now Cole Beasley, I don't say, I, I can't say that I agree with a lot of his, um, political takes. I, I can't say that. Like, you know, and I think I've been on record over the last few years saying that when he, like when COVID happened, his take on certain things, I, I actually like came on and said, look, I, I don't agree with this, but I love Cole as a player. I love Cole as a person too. I don't agree with everything. So I guess my question is, and this is, this is the comment that made me bring this up. Uh, Roy says, if Cleveland fans can embrace Watson, some anyway, Bill's mafia can certainly embrace Beasley. Cole Beasley is not a bad person. He doesn't have off field issues. He hasn't sexually assaulted anybody. He hasn't uh, gone to jail for anything. Like he, he is actually a good dude. The locker room loves him. Like we kind of talked about, uh, let's start with Thomas on this one, then Newton. we'll end up with Sarah and then um, we'll get some, some reactions on some other things coming up. But uh, Thomas, what's your, I guess, reaction to, to me saying that.
2: So I think it's tough, right? I, I think, one, I think in the NFL, quarterbacks get a pass that they shouldn't necessarily get. Uh, a lot of times the NFL kind of allows them to get away with things that other positions wouldn't necessarily get you know, get that credit for just because of, you know, the, literally the position that they play in football. I think the other thing is, to be honest with you, um, it, in a team like Buffalo where, for the most part, most things were going right. I mean, there wasn't a lot of injuries. The team was playing well. So the one thing that was happening was Cole Beasley. He kind of just stuck out like a sore thumb. So it was easy pickings for him. I mean, it wasn't necessarily, I think that people thought he was a bad person in and of itself. Though I think that in the state of our society with what was going on, people looked at the COVID stuff and it was, it was very polarizing. And a lot of times, it segmented a lot of people. People lost friendships and family members and a lot of different stuff. So I, I don't think it was necessarily just Cole Beasley. I think if you look across the board, there's people that don't talk to people they talk to for most of their lives because of that stuff. And it just it's a prevailing factor in society that with social media, with everything that's going on, people have an opinion and now they feel less inclined to hide it. And so that being said, I think Cole Beasley was just... By proxy, in the wrong place at the right time, and he is very vocal. And you know, he he's a rap artist and he's really good at it, so he's obviously very keen to putting words, and he's eloquent with what he says. I think it's just you know, be honest with you. Like I said, if if this can get washed away real quick, if Cole Beasley just goes out there and performs, and at the end of the day, you're going to have people in Buffalo that no matter what Cole Beasley does, he can come out and apologize. It'll never never like him anyway. Because, I mean, you even saw when Colin Kaepernick came to Buffalo, that there were Buffalo fans making some pretty egregious remarks to the guy, and he's never done a damn thing wrong. So I I think it's just – it's one of those situations where you got to hope for the best and expect the worst. And really, at the end of the day, people have to dissect football and reality because that's the problem is they don't. They look at football and they think it's the real world, and it's not. It's, It's a game and it's a job for these people, but they have real lives outside of this stuff, and they're allowed to have opinions just like you and I.
3: Big Newt, what do you think about that, man? Oh, man, it's a lot to unpack, man. I don't know if we got enough time on this show, man. Um, <laughs> But I, I want to touch on, go through the points you went on. We all know that people, the media doesn't treat everybody equally. They don't treat everybody fairly. So we, I hope we all can agree on that. So with the Deion Sanders situation, like I said on my pie, um, I know Deion, well, I ain't going to say I know Deion. I'll say I've been around Deion numerous times. And the way he acts in, uh way he acts in the media and on TV, that's how he acts in real life. Um, he talks a lot of trash, and we all know when you talk a lot of trash, you are gonna get backlash when you do things that people don't like. He's a naturally nice guy. He will do. He will give you the shirt off his back. I know him because my bo- my best friend played with New Orleans. He and Dion had the same agent, and hey, so hey.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. Call him and tell him to come on the Code of Conduct. You know what I mean? <laughs> Call Dion
3: and tell him to holla. Well, I haven't seen this dude in like 20 years, but I mean, plus I look totally different. He probably won't even recognize me. So, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I think he getting a blowback. I'm saying all that to say he's getting a blowback because, like, once again, like I said on my pod, it's like a relationship for the single people out there, and I'm trying not to be too crude. But it's like a guy telling a young lady that he wants to, you know, hold hands with. Let's just say that for our PG listeners. Uh, I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want to be your boyfriend. And then the girl says, "Okay." But then you call every morning. Hey, beautiful. Hey, you want me to bring you a latte to work and all this? Bring you something to eat? I'll bring you some Panera, right? And so then you do all that to wind up holding hands with the young lady and then she takes it seriously and you're like, well, I told you the whole time I didn't want a relationship. Well, that's essentially what Deion Sanders did to HBCUs. He let everybody know that he wanted a power five job. But then when you make songs two months ago talking about if I ain't swag, who is swag and all that stuff, then you're giving people the false sense of, hey, you're here, you're with us. And so what he's getting is just due because he shouldn't have did all that. You told them you didn't want to go, you wanted to be power five, that was your ultimate goal. You should have never said that, hey, I'm swag, I'm here for the law. You shouldn't have did that. With that being said, I'm rooting for Colorado. I'm a big Notre Dame fan. He just took one of our uh, commits for high four-star running back out of Kansas. I'm root for him. I want him to do well, but he deserves what he's getting. All right. So bringing that back to uh, uh, Brent Farm, we know that that's going to get swept under the rug. Just like with the Jerry Jones picture, we knew that was going to get swept under the rug. But Kyle Compton simply from nearly has been victimized, vilified and everything else. So we know what that is. Deshaun Watson. And once again, I don't want to sound like I'm being insensitive to female rights, but I guarantee you, if he would have resigned with the Texans, none of this stuff would have came out. I mean, so hopefully we can agree on all that stuff, all right. But as far as Cole Beasley is concerned, I um I think like what you said, I think if he comes in and he helps us win, all that stuff in the past is gonna be pushed to the back. I I see no reason for people going to continue because Bills Mafia, man, we love our own, dude. Even if it's something Mm -hmm. that's polarizing and can be politicalized, we all got our stance on things. But one thing I've noticed over all these years being a Bills fan, when it comes to Buffalo Bills, it doesn't matter, all right? (laughs) It it, it really does not matter. As long as we win, and God forbid, if we win the Super Bowl, no one's going to remember any of that fact stuff. As long as you stay quiet, and I think he will. I think he's gonna stay quiet about it.
1: I hear you. And before we um before I because I want Sarah to get um her comments in on this as well. Uh before we do, I want to a couple people, um, and this is not I'm not mad at all, but Bill says, uh, what are you saying? Media started a lot of crap with Beasley. Jessica said, please understand you are also the media now, too, just a bit smaller. I'm a podcaster. I think there, I think all of us can hear here can agree. We would like to be considered media, but I mean we we have we do podcasts and we have our own opinions. We are in by no means um, in the position to, to sway the reality of what a lot of people think. So when, you, when you're talking about guys like I'm not now, I'm not starting crap this morning either. When you're talking about guys like Jerry Sullivan, you're talking about guys like Sal Capaccio. You're talking about these guys who are literally uh, beat reporters for for these big organizations and cover the bills exclusively. That's the media. We we are um, a lot of, uh, and actually we've been called fan sites <laughs> recently by a lot of those, by certain people. So I, I, I just want to caution you like, yeah, we, we love the community that we have and we love the support that all of you give us, but we are not media that that's not who we are so so please just understand we didn't create the narrative about cole Beasley uh being a jerk or whatever everybody thought that he was or what everybody was saying so i just want to kind of clear that up because i hear that now often because we got check marks with some of us and all this other stuff we are not we are podcasters i have my own opinions i am by no means by no means, my word is not bond when it comes to this stuff. Uh, Sarah, why don't you get your uh, your comments in there and, and let's keep it going.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, not to kind of drag out, you know, everything with with Watson and with Dion. Um, you know, again, we all have our opinions, and some some of it gets. I guess, amplified and the ones that don't, it's because you ha- you need a few people to start pushing it and then everyone else just attaches to it. And that's kind of what seems to happen with all the big, you know, storylines and the ones that don't become big, it's because not enough people attach to it. And it's, you know, sad that you have ridiculous, you know, um, you know, issues going on with say Dion, um, you know, I hate it for JSU, but I love it for Dion. I think that it'll, you know, be great for him. And he never really shied away from the fact that he wanted that opportunity. And he was always there saying he wanted that opportunity. But, you know, people are going to make it about them and say, you know, oh, you know, he never really wanted to be at an HBCU. And and then it gets amplified, you know, amplified. And then when it comes to Watson, screw him. I don't even want to talk about him. <laughs> um, I, it, it is what it is. And, yes, it's, again, something that was more – closer to me than probably affected me, you know, emotionally than others. Um, But, you know, Kaepernick was, was blackballed from the whole freaking NFL because of what he did. I think that again, we attach ourselves to certain situations and then if it gets amplified, it gets amplified. If not, then it kind of goes, you know, under the rug. So, um, you know, what we all want to reflect upon when it comes to Beasley is, he's playing for the bills. Now, if, if he comes in and we win and he, the first time he makes a catch, we're all going to be up in arms and you know, loving on the guy again, the second he makes a drop, everyone's going to, you know, head to Twitter and they're going to, you know, be talking crap. So, you know, it, that's how we are as a fan base. We always have been, you know, we do it with, we do it with McKensley weekly where one minute we're, you know, talking, you know, trash about him. And the next minute we're all like, he, you know, he's, he was the savior of the game. He had 98 yards the other day. It's just, that's just how we are as a fan base. So um, I wish Beasley would delete his, his Twitter and social media for the end of the year so that he doesn't have to deal with our fan base. Cause I don't want him to, to go out there with any impressions of, you know, this, this fan base doesn't deserve it. I want him to, to be out there, focused on the team, focused on his brothers and and just go out there and play.
1: All right. So now let's switch it from the political talk and all of the reasons why he, you know, why people disliked him in the first place. And now let's talk some football. Uh, Thomas, let's let's start with you, man. What is it that you think? Because, again, he has been out technically for a year. I know he played a little bit in in Tampa Bay this year, but he's been out. So what is it that that you envision for him coming back? How is he going to benefit this team other than just having guys in the locker room that Josh Allen's comfortable with?
2: Well, I mean, let's just let's start at the very bare minimum. Cole Beasley provides Josh peace of mind. That alone is paying dividends no matter what, right? I mean, if we have a quarterback that doesn't have to stress about where he's throwing the ball, then he's in a good shape, right? The other side of that is Cole Beasley, he can open up so much more of the offense because if they have to start worrying about the check down going forward, now they have to actually be more... They have to bring the safeties down. They have to have the linebackers by the box. They have to be so much better and so much more well-protected against every facet of this offense. And then on top of that, what makes it even more dangerous is the fact that now I think, and this is just my perspective, I think it might take some stress off of Gabriel Davis. I just don't think, and I knew this at least about halfway through the season, that Gabriel Davis, regardless of injury, wasn't going to be able to carry the team the way that we all anticipated, and that's nothing against Gabriel. And maybe at some point he might be that. But I think when we use the comparison of Gabriel uh, Gabriel Davis to Peerless Price and that Peerless Price and Eric Molds scenario, I think he was very much like Peerless Price, where Peerless Price was good because of Eric Molds, right? I think that Cole Beasley can actually provide that little bit of cushion so that Gabriel Davis doesn't have to be everything to this offense. And then the other side, I mean, let's just talk third and Cole, right? There's a reason that name is what it is. He gives Josh the ability to turn around and know that he's in that soft spot of the zone or he's right at the sticks. He gives Josh the ability to know that he can get a first down at all costs. And how many times have we seen it? It's third and 20, and he gets 20. It's third and three, he gets three. You know, like, you know, you're getting what you're getting from Cole Beasley because he always knows where to be.
1: Yeah. And, and I agree. First of all, I agree with everything. I don't think I can dispute or I would dispute anything you just said dear. Thank you. That was well said eloquently. Hey, I want to welcome to this broadcast a, a favorite of mine, a brother of mine. He is the host of Intentional Grounding and co-host of The Chop-Up with your boy Jay Spencer King, and Antoine Staley. It's your boy Sterls for the Girls, Mr. Sterling Furrow, man. Hey, you've been you've been vocal about the wide receiver room as well how do you feel about it like does this now obviously he's on the practice squad so I don't want to jump the gun but he's going to be active so with Cole Beasley um, getting back in his offense I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Thomas before you jumped in how do you see this from a purely football perspective does this benefit does this not benefit what do you how do you feel about this move for the Bills in this offense
4: I think it's great. Um, you know, you get a Cole Beasley back in this offense. Remember, we used to all say, you know, third and Bs, right? It, it's 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 a, he's a third down rack machine. I mean, he's gonna find this, like Thomas said, he's gonna find, you know, he's gonna uncover and find spots in soft zone coverage. Uh, you know, when it comes to route running, I think there's not many better route runners in this league. And I, and it's twofold for me, to be honest, I feel like, uh, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like Brandon being kind of mismanaged the wide receiver room and the running back room this year. Cause if you, if you managed it right, you wouldn't have to get a Naheem Hines or you wouldn't have to go get John Beasley and, you know, uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley. So uh, we could talk about that in another, you know, another segment, but purely football, I, th- I think it's fantastic. You know, and, and I think we have to look at it this way. Have y'all noticed how many times Josh Allen looked John Brown's way when he when he was in the game? Just think how much more that's going to be when Cole Bee's is in the fold. So so I, I think, you know, this is a guy we can't you know, we can't forget. You know, he had 82 catches for the past two years. I, I think he's going to come in and produce. I'm with you. I'm with, like I and I know because you and I have had several conversations
1: mm-hmm. on air and off air about how the wide receiver room just is fallen short after uh digs. And and look, regardless of how you feel about Davis, some say and I get it. I've watched the film on him. You can tell that the, the ankle injury is still hurting him. You can tell that he's playing through it, but regardless if he's injured or not, he's on the field. So at this point, like the drops need to be less. We need more production out of the wide receiver room. McKenzie has had moments but we needed to be more consistent. Big Newt, how do you feel about about that comment? And then I got a separate question for Sarah. I've been waiting to ask her this one, and I'm going to catch her on air live.
3: (laughs) I agree. Uh, Familiarity is very important. Cohesiveness is very important. He's familiar with things we do, and obviously Josh Allen feels comfortable. So like you all said, um, I think that's important uh, for Josh Allen to feel comfortable with the personnel. And so obviously for him to petition to get him back, He's, that's saying a lot of what we already know about the wide receiver room. when We talked about it in the summertime. We need the guys to take steps, and obviously he feels like they haven't. So I'm all for it. Once again, we're down a stretch run. I'm all for whatever makes him more comfortable and trying to get him back playing at an MVP-type level because the last couple of weeks he hasn't. You know, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not kicking dirt on him. I mean, Josh Allen is still one of the better quarterbacks in the uh, NFL, but at the beginning of the year, he was on fire. He was MVP. Now we really haven't been hearing that. So if we can get him not only winning, but getting him back on that level, I think that would be great going down to the stretch end and heading to the playoffs.
1: Real quick, because you just mentioned something about Josh Allen, the MVP. Listen, Patrick Mahomes just threw and we're gonna stay on topic. We're gonna get back to the Bills and, and Cole Beasley real quick. But I mean Patrick Mahomes just kind of caught up when it comes to most interceptions in the league, and nobody's saying he's not MVP candidate caliber or whatever you want to say. Why is that? Are you asking
3: me? Yes, sir. Okay. I think right now I think you gotta go with the kid from uh Philadelphia. Um Jalen Hurts, I I would say if it was voting right now, given out, it'd be Hurts one, Mahomes two, probably Burrow at three, and then Josh Allen would be in the top five. Okay. Um, and so yes, he has thrown. He threw three interceptions, and he squeaked out a win the other day. Mahomes did so. Yeah, I I don't think it's necessarily just the interceptions. It's also the yardage, and also um. And, and we see the stats of Josh Allen. Uh, he's the first quarterback to rush for uh, six touchdowns and throw for 25 his first five years in the league. And and I've been very vocal about this. I need him to hopefully we get in a situation where we can end games versus the Jets in the snow and he doesn't have to be our leading rusher every time. That's what I want to get to. So piggyback going back to Cole Beasley with the short passing game, maybe he can help remedy that.
1: Yeah, that was something that I, I've i been um, pounding the table on for a couple of seasons now, where it's like, I don't want Josh Allen to be the leading rusher and the leading. But Sarah and I, actually, we just had a back and forth on Twitter with Jerry and John and everybody, where some people were saying it's a good thing, some were saying it's a bad thing. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I just think that when you put Josh Allen's in the situation to where he's going to get hit more. Like for instance, the Sunday against the jets. Yeah. We love to see him do a little helicopter flip. It was like, it was fun to watch. It was like, Oh man, that's so dope. But when you think about it, man, people get injured like that. Like, you know, we could miss him An injury to Josh Allen at this point in the season. No, man. Like we, we just can't yeah. do it. So now let's, um, one more thing about, not one more, cause this show is about Cole. Uh, so Sarah, I do want to ask you cause you've been kind of, uh, you've been on me about my takes when it comes to, to uh, Isaiah McKenzie. She's, she's a little bit more of an Isaiah McKenzie supporter than I am. She's been like, but he has his moments. He's catching it. Are you okay with Cole Beasley taking these snaps from Isaiah McKenzie at this point, based on what we've seen this season, I got to get 100%. you live.
0: A hundred percent. And I've, I've been, you know, I've been a little dirty supporter of course. And I've, you, you know, uh, since the beginning of the year, you know, I have been on him, though, when every time he's had his drops, every time he's had his issues, I've been on him. But if he's going to take the, you know, the, the flack when he's not doing well, he should also get some of the the benefits when he is. He was our leading receiver the other day. And, you know, I think it was like 90 something yards. If it wasn't for him, I think it was a maybe it was a Detroit game or the um, the Patriots game. I don't remember which one it was. If it wasn't for him, we probably wouldn't have won the game because no one else was, set, was stepping up at, at wide receiver. So, you know, we we joke a lot about, you know, consistency and what he's doing out there. The last couple of weeks, he's been pretty darn consistent for the most part. Yes, he had two drops. Well, I'll say he had one drop and then one was uncatchable um, the other day. But the one drop he had was literally right in his hands and now he's you know on twitter talking about you know it was a wet ball and everything else we don't need any of that stuff i just want someone who is going to be out there even in the, even as a second wide receiver i don't feel like we've had the you know um the consistency we we need with gabe davis so too. i think having beasley out there actually scares the defenses a little bit more than having mckenzie out there so I think that it'll open up uh, what we need for, for Diggs and Davis. You know, I enjoy seeing Brown out there. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad we have the old crew back and yes, I'm completely okay. I was, and I, I had, I was on air four weeks ago before McKenzie had said, you know, or had started doing better saying that I'd rather see Shakir out there, see what he got. So, you know, yes, I've been a supporter, but I'm also a realist and I want to win period.
1: I, I wish you. I wish you. So uh, Thomas, I have a question for you. So bringing Cole Beasley back, is this um, is this where the fan base finally has to apologize to me for being honest about who Naheem Hines truly is? Like I get that he's a, a very talented punt and kick returner. He's a, he's a good depth player when it comes to the running back position, but everybody expected him to step in and be this slot receiver, like this extra slot receiver to come in and save the passing game. I, I think this – admits, A, what we said earlier, that probably not going to get Odell Beckham Jr. or he's not ready. B, now I'm talking about the Naheem Hines situation as well after, well, I guess this is C now because I asked Sarah about uh, the the McKenzie situation. And then uh, after you answer this, I'm going to swing that same question down to Sterling because, again, we've had conversations on that.
2: So <laughs> I think it's interesting with Naeem Hines. I'm going to go on uh, both sides of the fence here. I think that there's potential for either argument. And I think the reason I say that is I think James Cook has made it so that you don't necessarily have to involve Naeem Hines. I mean, James Cook has stepped it up in a certain aspect. Whereas I do agree with you in a sense that I just don't know if Naeem Hines, if it was, it was his inability, or his lack of experience, or what it was, but he just hasn't really gotten into the offense, or maybe just maybe, we're all just clueless, and we don't know anything about the front office. And really what it was is that he just wanted a really nice punt returner. Who knows? Brandon Bean just is a wizard, right? I agree. I don't think Od- Odell Beckham's coming here at this point. I think it's kind of a writing on the wall is that he probably is not healthy. So my guess is, in terms of what's going on, I think Cole Beasley probably basically made it so that Naeem Hines becomes even less of an an aspect to this offense and may just be a punt returner, kick returner going forward?
4: The uh, It's tough. You know, I I agree on the sense that, yeah, Odell's not coming. You know, maybe they can take a a stab at him in the offseason. As far as Naeem Hines goes, I I think I look at it in, in a multiple, in kind of a couple different ways. One, I think it's a move for the future. I think that they, you know, I think James Cook is RB1 next year, and I think Naheem Hines is number two. Um, you know, when you look at, like, Brian Dable uh, and Ken Dorsey, they want to use multiple backs. They believe in a three-back system, and he's just that third back that that's going to have opportunity. One of the things that we have to keep in mind, too, look how they're managing the rookies this year. Like, they're not giving these guys um, a lot of opportunity and, in terms of – they're new and they're learning the system. And so I think, you know, we're seeing, you know, the coaching staff kind of make a shift to having these guys. They want guys out there they could trust and that they know they're going to be where they're supposed to be. However, caveat that it is the running back position. And that, in my opinion, that's the easiest position to come in and, and, you know, know where your assignments are and so forth. So I don't think there's an excuse for the office not to use Naheem Hines as much. You know, I believe that they should use uh, Dalvin Cook because I think he's lightning in a bottle, you know. Um, but – and as far as Cole Beasley concerned, yeah, I mean, look, no Odell. So, yeah, Cole is, is coming. But you know what? The the crazy thing to me is you knew that this offense had issues, you know, 10 weeks ago, right? Why are we just now bringing Cole in? Why are we just now bringing John Brown in? It, so It's It just – don't don't get me wrong. I trust the process and all those things, but damn it, I'm gonna question it sometimes. And I think it's fair that we question some of these moves uh, that Brandon Bean has made. You know, I think that they put too much emphasis and, and trust in Gabe Davis, and I think they did the same with uh, uh, Ken Dorsey. Now, look, Ken Dorsey's a good offensive coordinator. It's still one of the better offenses in the league, but situationally, I think they they could be a lot better. Anybody want to jump in and comment on that? I agree with him.
3: Uh, Piggyback off what you just said. uh, I feel like sometimes we feel like as fans that uh, Brandon B is above reproach because he he hit on the most important thing, and that was Josh Allen. Um, Once again, on my pod, I talk extensively about how we need to fix the line. In my humble opinion, you can fix the offensive line in one offseason. And I feel like – Offensive line has done better, but I just feel like our run game isn't where it needs to be. All right. But we're winning. So it kind of like, all right, well, we're not going to question it. The fans going to be like, oh, well, what do you know? You don't know nothing and all that stuff, you know? So I agree with you. Um, it's hard because, I, like I said, I don't want to. I agree totally with what you just said. Why didn't we do this sooner? Because it's like we all agreed that we've seen this coming. Um, But I think some of that is that we thought that Gabe Davis would take a step and he necessarily hasn't. And um, Isaiah McKenzie has been kind of hit and miss. You know, he's, you know. So I just think it's one of those things where we got to take a look at it. And I'm glad he's doing something. He's seeing the fact that it's not where it needs to be. And so he's trying to do something about it. But once again, the wide receiver room, could it have been dealt with during the draft? I mean, we got Shakir. We got to bring him along slowly. Is this something we could have did in an offseason? But my concern is, like, to follow what you just said is the offensive line also. I think we need to go offensive line and protect Josh Allen more, even more than what we already have.
1: All right. Well, Sarah, I want you to follow up on this question here. Uh, Roy Collins in the comments said if Beasley has moved to the 53, which I think it will be sooner than later um, that he's activated to the, the active roster, who gets cut to make room?
0: Yeah, I I, I want to say I felt like we had a, a spot available um, with all the the moves that we have, but with him being on, you know the um, the the practice, I th- I think we have a spot that we can move him up the same ways we're we're, we're gonna end up moving John John Brown up. Um, but I haven't checked into that yet. Obviously, it all just it all just happened, but I feel like you know he'll actually be moved up and active as well as John. So, but we let go of, um, of uh, uh, Stevenson. So I feel like, and then brought him back to the practice squad. So I feel like we might have a spot available, but don't quote me on that.
2: Sarah, I I believe you are correct. I believe we have 52 active presently.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see how it all um, plays out. I do want to say, I feel like we haven't addressed this, you know, already because of finances. I, I feel like, you know, you wait a little bit um, you can't protect players on uh practice squad this year. So if you bring, you know, people in too soon and you know, they're playing well, there's also a good chance that they're going to get poached. So, you know, I think that those are, you know, things that they probably looked at. And it wasn't until we, you know, just, uh, uh, restructured uh, Trey White's contract that we had a little bit of extra funds. So that might be why they had to True. wait. They had to figure out the, the money situation.
1: Well, devil's advocate there. Uh, Cause I agree with you, but just, just devil's advocate. Um, they, it seems like they were willing to sign Odell Beckham Jr. And there are reports out there that he's looking for close to like 20 million a year. So I, I just feel like, I don't think he's going to get that. But what I'm saying is if that's, if they're willing to do that, I don't think I, now I've, I've, kind of I don't think that the cap room or the cap is is fake like some people say but I think at this point I don't tr- believe in it like I used to I think that literally if you want to make something happen the team figures out how to make something happen and I just you know I agree with you but I also think I, I I'm agreeing with what you said earlier too I think we thought Gabe was gonna take a step forward I think Dawson Knox probably should have had a bigger role in this offense. I know we went through some emotional things over the year with the loss of his brother. And I know, so I, you know, with the understanding with all of that, but I think coming into the season, you look at the roster and it's like, we have the, we have the pieces, like we shouldn't need to bring Cole Beasley back because we signed Isaiah McKenzie to a better contract, and He's supposed to fill in that role. And we have, you know, so like, I I feel like that was the reason there. Um, Sterling, when I say that, how, how what's your response to that? Cause like I said, I don't think it's the cap. I think that they just assume that, okay, these guys are going to be better. We have the roster, but it just hasn't worked out.
4: What is your response or, or reaction to that? So I, I think, you know, I think they go six active wide receivers on game day um, because they, they have the space. I just, depends on, you know, I think that it's going to come in a in different uh, position, maybe offensive line you know? Uh, so I think they roll with six. I think they roll with uh, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, Khalil Shakira, Isaiah McKenzie. I think that's going to be your six wide receivers active on game day. So, um, and I, I I'm, I'm happy for that. At least now you got some guys that can run routes, right? You know, when you have, I think you're limited when you have Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie in there as route runners, because they, they cannot run a full route tree. Even John Brown off the street, John Brown, I think, you know, we need to put some respect on that man's name because when he was a Buffalo Bill, that dude, he could run every route in the route tree. Now, he may not give you much, you know, contested catchability, but I think that's why you see Josh Allen trust him so early. He just got back. The dude was pretty much off the street and he's throwing balls to him. So um now Josh Allen has a full stable of route runners, which... That's what John, that's what Josh Allen was trained on, and that's what he learned on. So they're they're trying to get Josh Allen more comfortable in this offense again. So um I'm all I'm I'm happy for it.
0: Just right, to, uh, just to uh, let you guys know, um, so with Cole also being signed to the practice squad, we just signed uh Brandon Bryant back to the 53 man roster. And uh Marquez Stevenson has now actually just been released from the practice squad again. So yeah, that all so, just happened.
1: And that's uh, shout out to Marquez Stevenson. Good luck to him, whatever ends up happening with him. But I think that, you know, we can as much love as we want to give Brandon Bean. I think we can admit that there's been some misses, you know, like we had the Cody Ford experience gone wrong. We've had now Marquez Stevenson now injuries played a part. I think we let go of Isaiah high just prematurely. I don't think that he would have been uh, a superstar wide receiver, but I do think he could have helped in the situation that we're in this year. You know, so I, I just think that sometimes there's some misses and we give them a lot of love. And now hopefully they're trying to recreate the magic of the year that Josh kind of sh- blew up on the scene, you know, like the, the, the year of COVID when, when Josh was like, okay, I'm an MVP candidate. I think they're trying to recreate that with this level of defense that we're playing and, and hopefully we can, but that that's tough. That That's really tough. So um, anything else before we go ahead and get ready to get up out of here? I, I, I Appreciate everybody for hanging with us in the comments and every all of you for jumping in with us. Uh, but if there's anything anybody wants to bring up real quick, now would be the, the time to do it.
0: And uh, I, I will just- say this. Oh, I just wanted to say that the other thing is, is I forgot that we had put um uh Vaughn on IR, so that opened up another spot as well. So, uh, I, we still might actually have an uh a spot. So that's all I wanted to say.
1: Okay, Thomas.
2: Uh, what I will say in regards to your comment about Brandon Bean, and I think it it does hold some value for sure, is you're starting to see with Bill Belichick a very similar situation, right? Once once Tom Brady's gone, people are looking, and the allure of of Bill Belichick and what he is or was is starting to crumble underneath him. He's not, he doesn't have that same kind of, uh, you know, a, 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 I want to say allure again, but doesn't have everybody looking at him like he's this just genius of a gm or coach and you're starting to see a lot of that was was Tom Brady and that's that's what you're going to get with you know Josh Allen and really any good quarterback is a good quarterback is going to mask a lot of the failures and the you know the issues that a gm just might run into over the course of time and the other part about it is i think the big thing we have to just take you know give him some give him some grace I give him his flowers is Brandon Bean, if you look at the hits, the hits against the misses, has been statistically one of the better GMs in terms of what he's been able to do for this franchise and what he's turned around in this franchise. Uh, but the one thing I will say, and I I liked what you brought up about Isaiah Hodgins, but I don't want to get Joe Miller heated on a Tuesday morning, uh, <laughs> is that I I do agree that I think Brandon Bean went into the season with the 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 feeling that he had it figured out in in the in the wide receiver room he thought gabe was going to step it up you already know what you have with Diggs. he thought mckenzie based on training camp and if you had gone to training camp you would have assumed that mckenzie was going to step it up he didn't assume that crowder would break his uh break his ankle like there was just so many miscalculations that he or things that happened that weren't expected that i think that all those things and all the injuries alone just on the season have really thrown brandon being in a curveball so i think that we have to look at in totality and what we are and and Spence, you said it yourself. We're ten and three people. Like I, I know sometimes it's hard to look in a in a rose-colored glass and and see all the all the good things that are happening, especially when you win like you do against the Jets. But we do have to remember that they're 10 and 3 with every injury that they've had happened. Their 120 million dollar defensive end is done for the year. So I think bringing in a Cole Beasley, albeit in the situation that it is. It it might just be the fact that, you know what, when the river meets the road, you go back to what, what, you know, and what works best. And sometimes just shit hits the fan and this is what you have to do.
1: Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, I did want to kind of bring back really quickly. Uh, Sarah mentioned, um, the the signing of brandon bryant um did that have any correlation was there also news at all about phillips i feel like he's just injured i think he's day-to-day or like you know week to week here um i do anticipate him being back sooner than later hopefully this weekend um but i didn't hear anything other was there any other news
0: no not in the report it was just a uh you know a news break thing that i got on my phone as i as we were all talking
1: Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get ready to wrap this up. My man, Roy Collins in the comments said he should probably get back to work before his boss comes along. Great pop-up show. Listen, Roy, thanks for hanging with us. Everybody, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, real quick, I want to give everybody like 15 seconds. Why don't we ro- roll around, let everybody know where they can find your content if you have anything, try, well, maybe more like 25 30 seconds because if you got anything coming up this week it's a big week i want everybody to know about it uh sterles to start with you hit big Newt up then thomas and then sarah and i'll end this off here
4: yeah no. intentional grounding will be on saturday because that's when the bills play so it'll be two hours before uh kickoff and and mountain time that's 6 15 for you guys that's eight fifteen. 15 so uh
3: you know, we'll keep it locked and loaded right here yes sir big Newt. i want to say real quick last hour um Mike Leach, the coach of Mississippi State, passed away after a massive heart attack at 61 years old, so uh, rest easy, Mike Leach, man. He's a comparable. If you ever talk to the guy, man, no, it was never anyone like him, so uh, rest in peace and shout out to his family. And on a positive note, I'm very happy that Brittany got, uh came home to her family. Uh, let's get the other guy. Oh, I can't remember his name now. I'm going to talk oh, my really? head. Marine. Let's oh, get him home really? also, so uh, but yeah, we're Jamie D Big New Show podcast comes on Wednesday. You can hit us up at Twitter at Big underscore Newt, man. I appreciate the time.
1: Hey, love you, Big Newt. Every time, this is sure. it's always the pleasure when we get to Link, man. Love you, man.
3: Yeah, uh, for sure. Tommy.
2: Well, uh, again, I apologize oh. to anybody who could not. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo Late Night was not on last night. Fortunately, I was feeling really crappy and uh, my brother's dealing with some stuff right now, but Normally my show is Monday nights, Buffalo late night, 9 30 Eastern on the Buffalo Rumbling Fedcast Network, sponsored by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself the most flavorful pizza. There you go. And uh also I host the uh Buffalo Rumblings post-game call-in show as well as now the Buffalo Rumblings halftime show. Uh and you can call in. We're the only call-in show in all of the uh you know uh fan sites, as they call us. Aside from all that, I truly appreciate you guys uh letting me come on today while I'm working and uh you can follow me on the Thomas to loss on Twitter. Hope you guys all have a great day and go bills.
1: You sound like the guys, the Ohio state. I can't yeah, stand. Really. <laughs> 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 oh man. Sarah, why don't you let everybody know? I think you got a, a nice show coming up this week and it's a little different this week as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Sarah underscore Larson. And then I'm one half of the three men rush. Uh, we are gonna, we usually go live on Thursdays at 9 p.m., but I will be traveling. So we're going to go live on Wednesday, probably going to be Wednesday for a couple of weeks uh, just from uh, traveling schedules and everything. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on with uh, Jerry Ostrowski. So check us out.
1: All right, and y'all know how I do it over here. It's your boy, J. Spencer King. Tonight, it is Tuesday, so that means I'm going live. I have my dog, Big Mike Golick Jr., the man, the myth, the legend himself, joining me tonight to talk about the Revenge Tour 2.0. We're talking Miami Dolphins, and we're going to talk about how we're going to smack them boys when they come into Orchard Park for the cold weather. And then tomorrow, join me for the Hump Day Hotline, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. i got the Hall of Fame. He's going to get in. My man, Ruben Brown, is going to be joining me, and the big O is going to join me before he hangs out with Sarah for the uh, three-man rush So, So, everybody, uh, y'all enjoy your day. Don't get fired. Get off the internet, and uh, go Bills. Y'all know how we do Hey, take care of each other. Love each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative. Go Bills. Go, go Bills.
3: Bills.